0: The York Dukes podcast is brought to you by you. This listening experience is brought to you by all of the patrons, students, families, and businesses that support York Duke activities. We are filled with gratitude every time someone buys a family pass, purchases an ad in our programs, or pays admission to one of our events. Nothing gives us more pleasure than seeing our bleachers filled with the Navy and Vegas Gold faithful of Duke Nation. If you want more information on how you could become a supporter, Contact YHS through our website, yorkpublic.org. I also want to make you aware of all the different ways to keep in touch with the York Dukes, no matter where you are. We can be found at yhs underscore dukes on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat. These are the best platforms for upcoming events, in-game reporting, final results, and announcements. Our website is yorkdukeactivities.wordpress.com or use the Athletics and Activities link at yorkpublic.org. This is your source for full season schedules and featured news on our blog. And of course, right here on the York Dukes podcast, hosted by podbean.com and can be found on iTunes and Google Play. Thanks, as always, for listening. And now, episode one. (music) All right, Dr. Lucas, thanks for being on the first episode of the New York Dukes podcast. Hey, bet. This is awesome. This is going to be kind of exciting. Um, so having the superintendent, head of the whole enchilada, there's like a thousand things we could talk about. Sure. Um, I kind of narrowed it down to a few things I think that are pretty relevant, and we'll try to get you back maybe later in the semester and dig into some specifics. Sounds like a plan. So... Last week, you kind of had a big blog post about school funding, yeah, and that's kind of been kind of at the forefront of issues this summer and this past legislative session. So for the people that didn't read the blog post, maybe don't quite understand all the issues. Can you give us kind of a spark notes version of yeah. what's going on?
1: Yeah, school funding in our entire state is really in flux, and it's impacting a lot of districts, um, big districts like Millard, where you came from, Lance, and and certainly districts like York. And so, what York Public Schools is dealing with, we're, we're looking at our fiscal year of sixteen seventeen ending on August thirty first, and us having about six to seven hundred thousand less in revenue than we had last year, and uh, as we look ahead to 1718, having a little bit less revenue yet, and so what? What's happened? Just in a nutshell, is uh, land valuations have really slowed down, um, which is good for our property owners, our large property owners. So their taxes will actually go down, but we don't have a state mechanism that replaces that lost revenue, and so a district like York where we uh, used to have $3.7 in state aid. And then back in 2011-12, land valuations soared. And the price of land just went berserk. And so then we were able to... Rely on our property tax money, but our state aid went from three point seven million dollars down to two hundred thousand dollars. Now we're into into a situation where our state aid hasn't bounced back at all. It continues to go down. We'll be at one hundred fifty thousand next year, but our valuations have leveled out. So it's been important that we control our spending. We'll spend less this year than the school district spend in fourteen fifteen or fifteen sixteen. Um, there's not a lot of organizations that can say. It's that for sure, right?
0: For the people that don't follow it really close, you hear kind of an explanation like that or read a blog post, and it seems really obvious <laughs> there's a problem needs to be fixed. And most people don't get face to face time with legislators or senators or things like that. You have had some of that face time, and I've always been curious what is their response when you sit down with somebody in power like that and lay this out? What, how do they respond yeah. to that?
1: Some of them are sympathetic. All of them that I visited with, and it's been dozens over the last couple of years, always will say in their own way, they'll say, we know we have a problem and we're <laughs> working on it. And, and to be honest with you, I mean, th- this isn't a brand new phenomenon. We've had um, an over reliance on property taxes for decades. And, and so it's just been really brought to the limelight over the last several years because of how valuations really skyrocketed. But the the state senators will tell you they know they're working on it. There's not an easy fix. And to be honest with you, Lance, it gets really frustrating because almost all of them run on the uh, the campaign pitch of we're going to reduce property taxes and then They get in there, and uh, a lot of them aren't as active as we'd like to see them be in finding sustainable school funding outside of property tax revenue. You know, our state ranks 49th in the nation for the percentage of school district revenue that comes from the state. We're 49th, and an example would be that our state ranked second in the nation for the percentage of local property taxes that fund schools. So we're severely out of whack. Um, we have some senators that are, uh, that are working on it harder than others.
0: Sure. And I know there's a lot of other stuff that goes into that now with the federal election and kind of some personnel that are in there. And we'll try to get to some of that school choice stuff. You know, later on in a different podcast, maybe. Now, before we bore everybody to death with the School Finance, uh-huh. give me kind of what group you're a part of or you're kind of heading to to address this issue real yeah. quick.
1: We have a great coalition that formed back in December, uh, December 27th. It's called Nebraskans United for Property Tax Reform and Education and uh, York Public Schools is a founding member. We've partnered with Farm Bureau, many different uh, school organizations to include NSEA, NCSA, pretty much all of the Alphabet Soup, a lot of ag-related organizations, uh, Nebraska Farmers Union, Nebraska Farm Bureau, pork producers, corn growers, er everybody you can imagine. Our coalition has um, over 40,000 members, and we are uh, content. We actually meet tomorrow in Lincoln. We're we're working on coming up with sample legislation that we can provide um, senators that are interested in this to show them where some other revenue streams could come that would reduce our over reliance on property taxes, but still sustain our high performing public schools in Nebraska.
0: All right. Okay. I'm going to switch topics a little bit. This might seem unrelated, but maybe not as unrelated as people might think. Um, and that's social media. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you're very active on Twitter, York Duke Power, and then Facebook as York Public Schools. How do you see using social media as the communication arm for a school district?
1: I, I love it. Uh, and I, to be honest with you, Chris Erickson and Craig Badura, when he was here back in 2009, they they got me uh, introduced to Twitter. And I was kind of skeptical at first. I You know, that was back when... Khloe Kardashian was tweeting what her (laughs) chihuahua had for breakfast, and I just thought Twitter was a big waste of time. But as I got to become more familiar with it, you know, Twitter's about who you follow. And if you follow, and and, and I'll tell you, Nebraska public schools are uh, really leading the way across the nation for – Um, How progressive we've been in in promoting what's going on in York or or Gothenburg or Milford or other places. So I've just fallen in love with Twitter. And I think it's a tremendous way to communicate with anybody and everybody about what's going on. And it's so great here in York. Um, York is actually a very big Twitter town, and uh, I think YPS is a big part of that. We've had various uh, Twitter trainings over the years, and and there's a lot of businesses and parents um, that are on Twitter, and it always surprises me. I was at a July 4th party at Clarks Lake a couple weeks ago, and um, three guys, uh, farmers in their 60s and 70s, (laughs) that if you lined up 100 people and you said, hey, who are the three people least likely to be on Twitter, you pick out these guys. And they were talking about tweets that they've seen from York Public Schools over the last year. Blew my mind. Mm -hmm. They don't tweet, but they're on Twitter to lurk, you know, and to read. And so it's a tremendous communication tool. It's something that I've talked as I talked to various school leader groups around the state, and even down in Kansas, some whether we like it or not that's the way leadership is going that's the way communication is going and we always say that people are telling your school district story whether you're part of that or not right. we had a half inch of rain this morning so there are there are people gathered at a coffee shop right now whether it's arby's or chances are or the country club or somewhere and they're talking about school and either we're going to give them some things to talk about and help steer that conversation, or we're going to be victim to wherever they want to take that conversation. So um, Twitter's great. I, I I run our Twitter and our Facebook page, mostly from my phone. It's kind of weird when I actually do it from my office because I'm not used <laughs> to using a, a real computer, right. but uh, Facebook is, is amazing just because of, the connections and I'll never forget last year I think Halloween was on a Monday if I remember right we got uh word from the police department that there was uh a truck driving through town that was trying to pick up a, a child or right. two from remember the bus stop yep. at 452 I put a post on our school's Facebook page just describing the truck and telling people to keep a watchful eye out with Halloween and everything did a couple more things at the office, got home at five oh four. So in twelve minutes, that had been shared forty eight times and been seen by like three thousand people. Yep. And and it just spread like you wouldn't believe. So social media can be a tremendous asset for you. And it can also hurt you if if you're not handling yep. things the right way. But I love it. I I would I really would like to get more involved with Instagram and Snapchat and some of these other things. And I'll, I'll make a push for that here in the 17, 18 year.
0: Right. Um, and that's interesting. You bring up the connection. I was sitting at our girls district basketball game in grand Island last year. And hopefully I don't get in trouble by the NSA for (laughs) saying this, but, um, they don't let you broadcast those games unless you pay like 250 bucks. Um, so I'm sitting there and to be honest, the game was a lot closer than it should have been. Right, um, we were kind of in trouble, and I <laughs> tweeted out, "If this is still close in the fourth quarter, I'll live tweet the fourth quarter." Right, and it was like five points or something. So I started live tweeting, and within about seven minutes, I had seventy people yeah. watching the game live from yeah. my Twitter. Yeah. It was, it was amazing, and it was snowy that day, so a lot of people right. couldn't couldn't get there. So right. It's just amazing what it can do.
1: It is, and I'll give a shout-out to Strive TV during this too, Lance, because I'll tell you what's neat, and and we were one of the first to get involved with Strive, and Taylor and those guys are amazing. When we when we stream our football games on Friday nights, we actually have alumni in Japan that watch that. I've gotten a message, two or three messages over the years, from alumni in Japan that are watching the York Dukes on Friday night. That's That's pretty amazing.
0: Right, and I know – Last year, when York hosted Aurora in basketball regular season, the gym was packed, yeah. standing room only. People standing around the around the rail, and we had 900 views on Strive yeah. watching yeah. that game. Still, yeah. so it's it's pretty amazing. And then you kind of answered this, but my next question was, uh, what are you looking to expand for this coming year in that area? Yeah,
1: I want to I want to expand, uh, you know, into Instagram and Snapchat. And then I'm really and you've heard me talk about this at admin meetings. I really want um, YPS to create a library of four and five minute videos that we can blast out on social media to promote our after school program, our our animal science lab, our greenhouse, um, the new manufacturing course that we're going to have at the middle school um, just all the amazing things that we have going on, and, and I and I want to work with Keeley Reinert's class, maybe with you. I want to learn some of that, be able to do that, some of that stuff on my own, but really create just a, a bunch of different videos. So I think video is going to be the next thing that we try and get out right. um, through Twitter, Facebook, and, and other avenues as well.
0: Taking this social media into more of a, a leadership area, I think one of the best uses of social media by any organization is being able to communicate your mission and your vision. Mm -hmm. So, and you want to build a brand kind of around what you stand for. And to be honest, a lot of organizations and schools are really terrible Mm -hmm. at that on social media. Right? You know, they try to tweet a lot, but it doesn't revolve around any sort of branding or mission or, or anything like that. So when you think about the York Dukes, what are kind of the, the pillars that you want York to stand for year in and year out? I think enthusiasm, pride,
1: And opportunities would be the three things that jump out the most. You know, as I look at what I feel like our role here as the admin team is um, providing opportunities for our kids and staff. You know, I always say we're in the opportunity business. And so those are the things that I want. YPS to be known for. Uh, I, I want YPS to be known for having courage and being supportive of all activities. Academics are always going to be our number one. And we'll 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 put a lot of things out on social media about our great NISA scores. Matter of fact, Beth Erickson was looking at those yesterday. Our NISA scores are even going to be, they're, they're better than they've ever been. And we can't wait mm-hmm. to get that info out on social media. But then to promote FFA and mock trial and one act and football and softball, volleyball, wrestling, everybody, we're all York Dukes and it goes into, you know, our our, our B1, which we'll talk about later. But I want uh, I want our messaging to to show whoever happens to see it, that we're about all of our kids all of our programs, all of our staff, and uh, that we take tremendous pride and have a lot of enthusiasm about what we do, how we do it, and we're always looking to to get better. You know, I think we've had a lot of success here, and, and, and I feel like we've become one of the, you know, top four or five school districts in the state, but we always want to get better. We always want to have our eye on what's the next thing that can take us
0: up the mountain a little bit higher. Dr. Lucas mentions the B1 theme when discussing leadership and branding. Let's take a short break as we talk to YHS senior Dalton Mogul about how he embodies the B1 mantra.
2: Tell me how you strive individually to be one as a leader. I strive around our school just anytime I see someone who needs help whether it be with classes or just common things, like if they're struggling with a bad day or anything, I just try to help always be positive with people and put a smile on their face. Just be a leader for others to see to do positive things around school and how it can help others. Be one also means that
0: we are one school, one community around a common vision. You've obviously been a part of this community longer than I have. What makes York such a special community in that way?
2: Yeah, we're just... We're one of those real small towns that get together for things such as like Friday nights for football almost everyone's there and we can go out and have uh, back to school getting together is like that doesn't happen everywhere and it's nice to have a small community where you can all get together and get excited for athletics and fine arts and just things to get back and swing for the school year. We appreciate you being on the podcast.
0: What do you got planned for the rest of the day?
2: Uh, i got to go to work at the golf course, and then I'll probably go golf again.
0: Sounds like not a bad day to me. Nope. You mentioned the theme as B1, um, and it kind of has a double meaning. It does. Uh, Can you give us some details?
1: Yeah, yeah, I I think... uh, I was going at it when I first thought of it and was talking with actually Mark Adler at Ralston. He and I were talking and uh, he's somebody I have a lot of respect for. And and, uh, the first meaning of be one was about being one that is an example for others, you know, and and we put out some things on Twitter and Facebook earlier in the summer, um, you know, having our teachers be one of those educators that is thought of fondly at the 10 and 20 year reunion, be one of those educators that is relentless and will do whatever they can to help all of their students. Be one of those teachers that uh, believes in all of their students. Um, Be one of those para educators that will do whatever they can to help their small group of students get better. Then after I, I, I focused in on that part of B1, then it became because I think of what we've been doing the last six or seven years, the be one of all of us together. Right. And we talk a lot. We've talked in past years about uh, regardless of what our job title is, we all serve the why, you know, the why of York Public Schools. And whether we're part of the speech team or the one act group or the track and field team or cross country, we're all York Dukes, and we can be one. We can be together. We can be supportive of each other. And that's one of the things I love the most about the community of York. Um, we have two great parochial schools here in town that are K-8, um, and, and we work very well together and, and share a lot of resources and things. But then at the end, we all, be, we all become one. We're all York Dukes when we're in high school. And uh, that's something that I've seen really grow. Over the last several years, we've gotten less silos, you know, and it's more togetherness. And as we talk to our new teachers that are going to be coming back here on, on August 10th, um, whether they work at York Elementary, the middle school, the high school, the enrichment center, preschool, wherever, we're one. We're together. We're part of the why. And we talk about YPS more than YES, YMS, YHS.
0: And just for our listeners' benefit, there's a few minor things that they might notice that kind of go along with this theme. First, we're going to have some new sports calendar posters, um, which has a graphic that kind of represents the B1 theme. Um, And we're pretty excited to get that passed out uh, to the community here in the next couple weeks. Um, And then another was the activity pass price for students. Actually went down from last year. Last year it was forty dollars. This year it's going to be fifteen. Give me a little bit about the board's thinking on on that move. Yeah,
1: we have, we have a tremendous board of education, and, and uh, basically we we've realized at the board level that we want people to be involved in our activities. We are we are blessed to have tremendously successful activities, as you know, as our activities director and. We want large crowds at our concerts. We want large crowds at one act and volleyball matches and, and, and basketball games and all of those things. And so our, our school board made a tremendous decision and decided to reduce the cost of student passes $25 down to 15 so that all students could enjoy um, being part of success. And, whether you know, maybe you're not on the basketball team, but you can come and cheer on the basketball team and be a part of that. Be one. And right. and we're all York Dukes, whether we're on the basketball team or not, whether we're on um, the state championship speech team or not, we can all take pride in those accomplishments. And, and I applaud the board for making that decision, and, and we're excited to, to get more kids involved.
0: A couple things coming up that I just kind of wanted to mention was the – back to school celebration yeah um and the community pep rally which coming here last year i've never experienced anything like that right that's pretty unique um kind of what's that that event all about
1: yeah it's something we started uh, i believe we started that three years ago and it's basically and, and and this is the time of year that's uh that's why it happened i just saw some kids going into duke's and duchess's camp and uh chatting with them a little bit i said hey you guys want to know how many days till school starts? Like, no, no, you know, don't <laughs> tell us. And so, you know, I, I like to mess around with kids when I see them over the summer. But what what the back to school celebration and community pep rally does is, I think it it, it allows the kids to have something to look forward to, you know. And whether they admit it or not, we know ninety nine percent are ready to come back. Right. And uh, and so it it's a cool thing because we involve. Both of our parochial schools, we involve Epworth Village, um, York County Head Start. We all come together and we have a lot of vendors. We're going to have bounce houses, inflatable joust rings, and I'll tell you what's going to be cool, Lance. This year is going to be our best one ever. Mogul's going to be there as a DJ to provide some music. Um, we're going to have a hamburger meal deal to go along with a hot dog meal deal. So there'll be more food than has been right. there in the past. And then at the pep rally portion, we're going to have some adult contests. Uh, Michaela Stewart from the York Chamber and Cherie Foltz from the uh, York Recreation Department are actually heading up a deal where they're going to put on like a mini summer games. And so there will be adult contests throughout the celebration and pep rally, and they're going to have the culminating activity for these mini, this mini Olympics uh, be a, an adult relay race that will kick off our pep rally at 7.30. So it, it provides a lot of excitement. It's neat because going back to B1, Whether you go to Emanuel Faith Lutheran, St. Joseph's Catholic, York Elementary, or whatever, we're all York Dukes on that night, and uh, we get to recognize our fall activities, and we have tremendous crowds, and it's just something to look forward to and get a lot of enthusiasm as we get ready for a phenomenal school year.
0: Awesome, and I think that's a great place to to cut it off now. Now, when I came up with this idea of having a podcast— I'm a big podcast listener. I have I subscribe to five or six of them that yeah. I listen to weekly. And, and Tim Ferriss is one of my favorites. He does a long-format interview show. And at the end, he always asks the same three questions to his guests. So I wanted to come up with a few questions cool. that I wanted to ask you. And I stole some of these directly from him. So All any right. Tim Ferriss listeners out there, don't get too upset. But what is one the number one book that you would recommend to aspiring leaders or just anybody trying to to learn and get better what's one book that's really meant a lot
1: can i say two sure (laughs) um
0: okay so the first and and i'm horrible with author
1: names so and i'm not a big reader to be honest with you I, i most of my readings on twitter but uh Fierce Leadership is a great book. I, that's the title. I don't know the author. Yep, got it right over there. Okay. And, Susan Scott, I think. Okay. And that that's a great book. It's a very practical book because it just talks about the courage and and the awkwardness that leaders have to be willing to have and deal with. So I love Fierce Leadership and then being um a uh, uh, a guy from Tallahassee and a, a Florida <laughs> state fan I hope that doesn't upset too many listeners um the Bowden way about coach Bobby Bowden and just the way that uh he was able to overcome a lot of adversity in his childhood and then some of his leadership principles as he built a uh a, a dynasty football program
0: sure. I think there's a lot of coach books out there whether it be biographies or autobiographies that that really have a lot of Gems and value. You bet. This is kind of a an odd question, but I think it it can tell us a lot. Is if you could put up one phrase on a billboard in the middle of town to convey one message to anybody that drives by, what would that be?
1: What about our school, or just just about the school
0: anything? life in general? uh boy, something that's, people need to know that, that that's maybe a great they don't. One.
1: That's a great one. I'll give you a short one. My favorite Chinese proverb. <laughs> talk doesn't cook rice. Uh, I love that. I use that a lot. And, and that, that's obviously a, just a cute way to say, Hey, do instead of talk. And I think there's a Nike shirt out there that says, uh, run more than your mouth. And, (laughs) And, uh, so I'm just not, I, I, I feel like our society has too many people that talk a big game, but they don't. Um, they don't achieve they don't they don't do so i I like that one
0: awesome well dr lucas thank you for taking the time out of the summer to to kick off our first episode you bet talked a lot of general topics and so we'll have to have you back to dig into some more specifics later in the semester look forward to Um, it and how many days until school starts we
1: have 29 days until our students report so even fewer than that for our teachers that's unreal all right
0: Well, thank you very much. Hey, thank you. Go Dukes.